You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sito. Oh my god, I could turn against all of society waiting for those 20 seconds. <laughs> really? <laughs> you get it? I'm inspired by the, you know. Yeah, well, don't be yeah. inspired by the. <laughs> well, don't make me sit and wait for 20 seconds. It's, it's very um, simple. We had some uh, very bad weather, didn't we? <laughs> Is this the before the after the show was that we had a wet basement? Because of some rain, which is the evil nemesis of homeowners with basements everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. My mother says she remembers the phone call the first time I had water in the basement, and I was very upset. Why did I buy this house? And my mom was like, I told you not to buy a house. Because my mom's not into that, so (laughs) she was always not a fan of us buying the house. But hey, now it's just like I think, well, can't do anything about it except suck it up, dry it up, and move on with your life. It wasn't particularly, it wasn't that bad actually this time. No, the rain turned too. We're in the Midwest, everyone. So we're getting hit by that big thing. It was 60 degrees and rainy yesterday. Friday was very nice. Yeah. And today it's winter again. It's today it's what, 25 degrees and snowing. Something like that. Now I've lived in Florida and I've lived in Los Angeles and I do not like places with what I consider no weather. So I don't complain. I just... You know, it's going to get annoying. I drove out today wondering about the street and other drivers. But other than that, I accept it because it's beautiful. Now, I'm not a farmer. I'm not an electrical worker where I have to go up the poles and fix everybody's electricity or whatever. So I sympathize with them that it must suck super bad. But as just a normal person living in life, I like the snow. So talking of super bad, <laughs> do you like that? The super bad movie? No. A super bad villain. Oh, I think if you're going to like do a transition, <laughs> All right. I wasn't catching on. It is Saturday, January the 11th. This is after the show number 616. This week, we're looking at the movie Joker. It's a 2019 release. Came out on Blu-ray January the 7th, so you can pick this one up right now. Uh, it's rated R. It's from our friends at Warner, who sent us a copy of the 4K for review. Sid Talk, you give us a synopsis of Joker, and I will give you the one off the box. As you were reporting to me during the before the after the show discussion, this movie has made a lot of money, i.e. a lot of people have seen it, i.e. I don't have to give you a synopsis. It's the Joker origin story. If you don't know what the Joker is, look it up. All right, so I will give you the one off the box. (laughs) Oh, is that not what it says on the box? It says. (laughs) We've made so much money, we don't even have to tell you about our movie. It says on the box, Failed comedian Arthur Fleck encounters violent thugs while wandering the streets of Gotham City dressed as a clown. Disregarded by society, Fleck begins a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as Joker in director Todd Phillips' thrilling origin story. That's not what I said. 
It isn't. But it's but, fair. But it's also accurate. It's a fair representation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, I think it won three Golden Globes last week. Props to Ricky Gervais. It was a very excellent speech. <laughs> I didn't watch the Golden Globes. I just watched the speech. People don't know, but you're a huge Ricky Gervais fan, so yeah. he can do no wrong. It was very fun to listen to him. You know, say what he says. Yeah. <laughs> Let them watch it for themselves. So, um, the Joker. Um, it's the. Isn't it just Joker? Yeah, just Joker. Okay. Yes, I like the cover, by the way, of this uh, 4K release. It's very. Yeah. It's it's very like the movie. Correct. So this is. We've seen the Joker's. Or, have we seen the Joker's origin story before? I don't think so. Not on film. Or- I mean, I read, just so, so everyone knows, I read zero comics. Um, I don't watch any of the animated series of any of the superhero stuff at all. I mean, I've seen Spider-Verse, Spider-Man, nothing yeah. else. Um, so I've never watched Gotham or I've never played any of the video games. So all I have to go on are what I know about the characters in the movies in which they live. And so I have not seen nor have any understanding of this person's origin, this is it. Yeah, because like back in the 80s, those Batman movies, Joker's just Joker, isn't he? Like he's, he's, he's already bad. established yeah. as is the Joker. It's a clown that is bad. And Heath Ledger's version of the Joker, there was no building up to him. He was just the Joker also, right? So this is the origin story, like we just said, of, of Joker... And I've, I well, think... Well, it's one version, like you told me. This is separate, so who knows? The next one could be completely different. So. Well, this is not part of the DCEU, which which includes Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, Batman vs. Superman, etc. It's not part of that. It's a DC movie of its own thing. It's, it's a Joker movie. Hmm. You so, mean like when somebody tried to just make a Spider-Man movie of their own Spider-Man and that didn't fit, work Yeah, it's, it's like that, but for, fortunately for this movie, it succeeded, right? In making it a standalone movie that True. is very, very good. I have to say, it is exceptional, this movie. It is... Um, I love superhero movies. So, I mean, I like superhero movies. I like Marvel, I like DC. I also like this. This isn't really a superhero movie. In fact, it isn't a superhero movie because there's no superpowers or anything, right? It's just a comic book movie. But on the other side of it, it's not just a comic book movie. It's a very awesome, like, drama. Character study. Character study. A bit of a thriller. Um, You know, it it comes across differently from anything else. Social commentary. Yeah. Definitely a social commentary. Sometimes a little bit heavy-handed with the social commentary. Sure. But mostly it nails it, I think, on all all fronts. Can't really talk about it without talking about the character of Joker, played by Joaquin Phoenix. It's pretty awesome. Like I like that this movie takes its time. Sometimes it'll spend two minutes just watching him dancing, right? Mm-hmm. Did that... I've heard, uh, just reading some reviews then, people hate that. <laughs> There's people who are like, what the hell? It's too artsy. But I like that this movie goes that what, that way. Because it actually feels artsy, right? <laughs> well, was there a shot in this movie that was out of Punch Drunk Love? Because I was like, is that the shot from Punch Drunk Love? Are they homaging that? What are you talking about? Which one? He was running, 
And his shadow is really big on the wall, and it's it's following him, like through a tunnel. For like a second. And Barry in Punch Drunk Love also has, it's almost the same shot. The camera pans up, the, the massive shadow starts running, and then it pans back to the character. I doubt it, because I'm sure that's not the only two movies in all of Yeah, or maybe Punch Drunk Love nicked it from something else. Sure. Back or in it day. just is a cool idea, and you don't realize someone else has used it. I'm not saying that's the case, but... Now, what, what did you like about this movie? I, it's hard to describe. It's one of those movies. I understand 100% why people would hate it. Like, hate, hate. Find it boring and vile and disruptive and unpleasant to watch and unentertaining. I get that. Like, I can see that. I can see through their eyes and their shrugging shoulders and their eye rolling and, like, I get it. On the other hand, as we're watching it, Within the first two minutes, you said it's already excellent, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I'm like riveted. I mean, I was riveted, and part of that wasn't just the story, and also, un- like, I appreciate telling a story that's hard to to get to identify with because it skirts that line of are we sympathizing with a mass murderer? Are we trying to draw attention to the fact that people, some people with some mental illness are, do go down the path of being destructive? And so should we look closer at that? Like, that's the sort of overly intellectual, emotional side of it. And then there's the side of like, this guy is just fucking pissed off and he's sick of everything and he has a problem and all that comes together. And I'm absolutely smitten with what he is, not what he does, but this idea that this person try he actually tries really hard. At the beginning, he actually just wants to yeah, be good. He just is, he's just, well, he's just neutral, right? He's just getting I mean, along. he wants to make people laugh. Right. That's part of his thing is because his mother's told him you're meant to make people happy and smile or whatever. So he's just, Trying. and I would say part, of, I don't know if it's intentional, but he's invisible. To society, you know, there's even that kind of where he says he didn't know if he even existed. And then he tries to go in one of those doors that doesn't see him, you know, like that kind of stuff. I find fascinating that he's just an invisible part of society. And on the other hand, he's terrible. Like he's really terrible. Like he's, he's, he's like gritty and terrifying. And like, I don't know I was enthralled. I have no negative I don't think I have anything negative. No, I think... Let me, let me dig deep in my brain here. Um, I mean, like you said, there are times when it's a bit pushy, push, pushy, but about, like, you know, bring down the rich people, kill the rich people. It had People had signs and protesting and whatnot. But you have to then go into the world. And we're talking about Gotham City, which I even said to you, my understanding of Gotham City from the movies and just hearing from you and some video games you've played is that it's just a shithole anyway. Yeah, like it is. It's a corrupt... It's trash, yeah. <laughs> it's the split between the poor and the rich. It's just a cesspool of society. And someone's always trying to either keep it a cesspool so they can profit from it or someone's trying to overhaul it all and make it into a good city. And so... I had to get my brain there. Like, that's what we're talking. That's what that's the city we're dealing with. This isn't a real city. It's Gotham City. And so I kind of got over the heavy handedness of the the actual political. Com- yeah, the political yeah. comment that was being made. Um, 
Other than that, I just don't have a... They raised some good negative. points, though, in the movie. The the one that I thought they raised particularly well was um, the character, before he's Joker, when he's Fleck, Arthur Fleck. Is it Arthur? Mm-hmm. He, um, he's got mental illness, and he's on medication, you know, that the government are giving him. I mean, he's got a very specific issue. He was injured as a child yeah. from abuse and has had a head injury, and that's led him to have true some mental ill some issues with coping and being dealing with society and just in general like is something happened to his brain so we don't want to say he's mental ill therefore he becomes the joker no, but well, it's very specific what i'm saying is he's he's mentally ill he's seeing a is she a psychiatrist no 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 she just works for social she's, services she's just a social services person yeah. and you know she hooks him up with his prescriptions and and all that stuff and then that there's a point in the movie where he goes to see her and she says, "Oh, the funding has been cut for this," and he's like, "Where am I supposed to get my prescriptions?" And she's just kind of like, "It's kind of like that's the only thing left holding him together." Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, well, she's like nobody, nobody cares about you." <laughs> she said, or "Me, nobody gives a shit about people like you, and they don't give a shit or about me. people like me." <laughs> so there, there's like a it's, that is a very political thing, but it actually super fits the movie because. That there's a line that he, that's partially the line that when but he see it's also that's what people can make of most societies is we have people who are troubled have difficulties don't cope well and so what happens we medicate them we lock them up we push them aside we pretend they're not there or we try to make them into zombies so they just sort of get along in life and then because at some time we have some economic pressure we unplug all that support. Because, well, who cares? They should just suck it up and be better and get on with their lives and do what I do and work hard. And so don't give them any more tax dollars. And therefore you take away the only thing they had, which is what you gave them. Well, not you, each of us individually, but you create them and then you try to back away and like, oh, that's not our problem. So I see that that's like a real comment. And it was disturbing because... It was sort of like that's when the little switch got flicked, I think. Yeah, and it's it's just like a re. If you were tra- the Joker, like often, like let's say Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker, it's really goofy, isn't it, and silly. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, there's not really a lot of nuance to it. It's just oh, is a superhero villain, and, big and bold, and that's yeah. about it. So when you try and go, well, how do we how do we tell the story of Joker, and it be like feasible? And this whole thing is really feasible, I think. Like, this slow... Like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Everything's going against me, everything's going against me. It's just getting worse and worse. Like... I agree. Like, the cracks start to show on him. He's capable of certain things that he does in this movie. Well, like I was saying, that switch got flicked. And if you take that character in just a different direction, give them... If at some point he saved someone... And that gave him the satisfaction and the life meaning that the destruction does. Then he could have become a superhero instead of a supervillain. So that's a very easy split because all he wants is to like, I don't know exactly what he wants, but it seems like he just wants to feel like he matters. Like there's some meaning, something somewhere where he's just not nothing. And he could have gone either way, which I found pretty fascinating. Yeah, I um, I really liked um, 
there's there's certain scenes in the movie. What I didn't like, if I have to say something I didn't like, I don't even think it needed to mess around with Batman. There's there's some links to Batman in this movie. Not you don't actually see Batman. You can't. He doesn't exist. Right, exactly. But you do see young Batman. Well, no, he's just Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Bruce Wayne, but <laughs> he becomes Batman. But you, uh, I don't even think it needed to mess with that story. And even it very clearly, we've all seen the um, parents get murdered. Batman's parents get murdered, right? We've all seen that. I think it was more about like consequences. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that was interesting. And if they do want to make another movie with these people, I mean, there you go. There's your end. But I mean, it's we all know the story of Joker, what happens later. Yeah. So I think that it's reasonable to have that as a but they, they the origin pulled, of they that. They pulled I mean, a different... The, the, I, I don't actually want to spoil this thing, but you know what I'm talking about. The thing mm-hmm. that they pulled. I didn't really like that that much. The thing that I know it's pulled. a thing that's in the comics. I don't know what you mean, but okay. I can't talk about it if I don't know what you mean, but okay. Well, there's a huge, like, um, reveal at some at some point in the movie. Mm. You now you know what I'm talking about. No. Right? Huh. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Did you watch the same movie as me? <laughs> Possibly not. Yeah, anyway, that... I, I, those parts, I was like, no, I think this. I think Joker here stands alone. He doesn't need to be related or anything. Like he didn't even need to have a sniff of Batman for for it to still be great. Like, I, and I understand it. It's a DC thing, and obviously Joker has a whole history with Batman, and you know. I don't know. I think it's reasonable. I think it's a reasonable part of the story. Right, but that's the part I was. Like I was, I love it all, and then some of those parts, I was like, "Oh, really? We're doing this?" Like I, I like where he's just going on his own. I like what he's doing, and I really like the way, um, like, became infamous really on a low key kind of way. Mm-hmm. I, I, like we, you see that happen. You see in life, you mean in life? Oh yeah, God, yeah. You see something being mentioned somewhere, you know, and then a few months later, you. You see, oh wow! Yes, that we're thing we're is, all very dumb. Yeah, that thing has <laughs> kind of picked up some. We traction. fall for anything that stimulates something or some need in us to belong or to change a thing that we're never going to change because we're too fucking lazy. But somebody else is doing the change, so we're going to jump on that bandwagon. Oh yeah, it's totally realistic that and, that could happen. And the way it kind of is portrayed, you know, he yeah, is, he is a clown. Absolutely. And actually, his profession is he's a clown. He goes to hospitals and, he, you know, he's a children's entertainer, clown. But then when a certain thing happens in this movie, he's a clown. And then people cut on to this clown thing. And then this clown, well, wasn't there an incidence of this where people were being scary clowns? Do you remember that? That was like, a Halloween thing. Yeah, that but that, even that's a stupid thing. That's like a small thing. And then it's happening everywhere. Like, because people are like. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same in this movie. You see it slowly happen, like. See, I mean, there are stupid people. I'm not saying everyone is, but it, it seems in the like... movie you see these clown masks, similar to V for Vendetta, Correct. the way that works, and then the anonymous mask. But you see these clown masks slowly. You see, like throughout the movie, you see Joker noticing himself. Like, oh, there's there's a, a what do you call it? Artist rendition of a clown on on the newspaper. That's actually me. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, there's masks of clowns everywhere. People are wearing these masks. Political, and then he sees like political rally. 
people are wearing the thing. It's like it's very real. Like, oh gosh, yeah, I so, agree. And it might not be the clown mask; it might be that anonymous mask that we see all the time. I'm just but, saying, uh, anything that makes people think they're going to lift themselves up above whatever they think they're suffering through. I'm not saying people don't, but I mean, it's just a general thing we do. And that's why I think I was all in with understanding it. I do not support it. <laughs> I'm not up for chaos, anarchy, and like social unrest unless it's like, I don't know. I don't even know what it would take, but um, I don't support that. But I think I, we see it in our own lifetime happen either on smaller scale gets a little scary sometimes but i won't make any specific political commentary <laughs> yeah but it felt very um and you know i was thinking about some old radio shows i mentioned this a lot but they have the exact same storylines different characters and all that jazz but i mean the exact same social unrest the rich are too rich the poor are too poor the politics are corrupt, we must rise up, you know, or everything's becoming automated. And this was back in the 30s when people were afraid that robots were, you know, these are stories written in the 30s and the 20s and the teens, actually, during the Industrial Revolution, that robots were going to take over and then society's going to collapse and that people, the working man, must rise up against the oligarchy. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a new thing. It's like an old tale. It's like we can't get out of it. And this, I, to me, tells that story very well. Yeah, and other things I really liked were the classic Hollywood um, opening titles with the mm -hmm. font, with the old, you know, the font that you see in older movies. I really like that. I like the choice of music throughout. Oh, you very use, like, good. old, like, you know, send in the clowns, uh, put on a happy face, but, like, not, like, Modern versions where, you know, I was just going to say modern versions where Limp Biscuit are playing it. But that's not modern, is it? <laughs> <laughs> what century are you from? Yeah, you know, but it's like the old and it fits superbly. Like, it's, and This is where I can see that people would say you're glorifying this guy by making him look cool and giving him a good soundtrack. That's part of the right. idea. But you also have to remember part of this coolness could be in his mind. Because uh -huh. he fantasizes things that you find out are fantasy later. And so sometimes you have to slip in and think, wait, he might be imagining that this is how cool I'm looks. dancing on the exorcist steps and I'm badass. Exactly. And so <laughs> we're not, it's not saying like, look at this guy, emulate this guy, how cool he is. It's like this person is lost in their own world and it isn't healthy and it isn't good and it's going to cause a problem. It yeah. just happens to have cool music to go with it. Yeah, it re it really does have a the soundtrack. It, I mean, it has this old. I don't know when it was. Was it supposed to be the seventies or the eighties? I couldn't quite tell. Like yeah. early eighties or late seventies. <laughs> it doesn't quite piece it, but it's quite clear that that it's around those times because of the cars and everything, mm -hmm. right? But um, you know, but then it uses like that soundtrack, which is like nineteen forties, nineteen fifties music. Which is, it throws it off kilter a little bit, which is great because this movie's about. But then it has 70s music. It does have some, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it had that in the white room. In the white room. Yep. With that uh, curtain. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought the soundtrack was really well done. And I like that old, old kind of Hollywood feel to the whole thing. Even, even at the end where it says the end and it's in that curly font. <laughs> 
It's just, it brings like a certain... It's almost like um, silent movies. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of scenes where Joaquin Phoenix is just moving, like like choreography almost. He's just moving his arms. He's just stood there for a while. And he's it's almost like a dance, but it's not. And it sounds like, like Tai Chi, right? Isn't that where they do Yeah, it's a thing? bit like Tai yeah. Chi, yeah. That's what I was thinking when he was doing it. But um, it's not always going to... That kind of thing is the thing that might put main like mainstream people off. Because it's quite artsy in a way, isn't it? In that. Mm. Obviously, it didn't put off too many people. No, it didn't. <laughs> but then again, it's a whole world. It's a big world. You know, there's and you seven know, and a half billion people. There's a lot of people who can go to see a movie. And it it is like marketed as... I mean, it is a DC movie. So people are... You know, I, I'm not I, sure if that was the appeal for this one. Ultimately, I think right. it's once it catches on the idea of it, and you know, yeah. I mean, it took more money than the new Star Wars movie. Like that's sinking. No, that's not a shock to me. Right. In any way, shape, or form. No offense to your Star Wars people. So, um, cast: Joaquin Phoenix plays Arthur Fleck. It's really fantastic. I, I won't be surprised if he wins. I mean, they just won Golden Globe, but Oscar also. I wouldn't be. I really wouldn't be surprised. You know. You have to see if it's corrupt. They won't. They won't even want to draw attention to it. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty powerhousey, though, isn't it? It's, I mean, if you know what I'm saying, this is a very touchy subject. Yeah. The world is like a little powder keg. You never know how sensitive people are going to well, be. Apparently, and if they're the, like, we don't want even to have people talking about this. Well, apparently, the Golden Globes were. Won't. They don't care because <clears throat> they had Ricky Gervais. Right. <laughs> They know what Hollywood, they're getting into. <laughs> Hollywood foreign press, as Ricky Gervais said. And they're just like, screw everybody. Yeah. But the Oscars, they're a little different. But yeah. They're it, a little snobby. It's, you know, Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight, I I still, I can watch that now. And it's like, it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's this, obviously the same character. But this one is, I was a bit afraid at the beginning. I was like, is he just going to be like pretending to be, take that Heath Ledger thing on that he did, like be real intense. And and I was watching him, I was like, no, he's, he, I think, I actually think he's trying like not to do that ever. Oh, I don't think he's trying that at all. I think he just latched Got on his own to his own. One. Yeah. It yeah. Felt, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the guy, but it felt like in a way he identified with this person. And then just sort of magnify that into what he would be. I don't know that for a fact. He was very I'm good friends with Heath Ledger, apparently. Um, Wacken. So, can't. That's where I was like, oh, could he be? I don't like, think so. You know? But no, he. I. I was. After about five minutes, I'm like, nope. He's doing his Wouldn't own. Be very respectful to your friend. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing his own Joker, and it is something else. It's like when he's not the Joker. Actually, at the beginning of the movie, before he puts. Be, becomes the Joker. Um, those are like some of the best parts mm-hmm. where he's not the jo- where he's just a troubled person, like, and he's trying to cope with the day living with his mother. It's really every time he, he came home and his mother's there, and when he's giving her a bath and all those different things. He didn't seem troubled by that. To he me. didn't seem troubled, but it it kept stressing me out that he was looking after his mother. And oh, because I'm like, well, he's in, he's not all there either, <laughs> and she's not. And it well, just we, didn't, seems we a, don't know that. It just seems a t- stressful situation. Sure. And every time he came back to his apartment, I was like, oh, this is... Misery. Like, miserable and stressful. <laughs> um, you know, some people have a very miserable, stressful life. Yeah. In real life, this is fiction. 
But in real life, people will identify that's how writers, performers, and everyone else can come together to tell a story that someone can identify with because they're also people, right? That's true. So they also have the ability to either feel what the character's feeling, so they write it down, or they research it, or they know someone. So a fictional character is fictional. He's making fictional choices. You should never emulate a fictional character unless it's like a super wonderful human being who does everything right, which is rare. Um, Even superheroes like Superman and... Captain America don't always make all the right choices, correct? But I think you can all you just have to remember there's always a grain of reality in there from like real human experience, which is what's very unsettling. That's true. So uh, Robert De Niro plays Murray Franklin. What do you think of Robert? He was good. I mean, it was like it was almost like if you've never seen a Robert De Niro movie ever in your whole life, right? This would just be a guy being that guy. Yeah, he's because a there's nothing extraordinary about it, or any, or even interesting. It's just that you're watching Robert De Niro be a host, like a David Letterman or a Johnny Carson or Conan, whatever your generation is. I'm of the Johnny Carson slash then later David Letterman generation, but um, that's all he's doing. So it could have actually been anyone. He's not bringing anything to it for me that isn't that's a you know stand out in any way. Right, I, I I thought he did a really good job because he's like, it's pretty, you know, like it, that also touched on a thing, the the fine line of, are you making fun of somebody, yeah, or is it entertainment? Like, Absolutely, they, they also touch on that, which I think that's really, a very real thing as well in this modern world of quote unquote reality TV. Right, and that was really I, I liked that about it. Robert I De Niro think I really could be an off. anarchist. But I don't believe in anarchy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. Like, fuck everybody who wants to control everybody and make fun of us or make us all one thing and all that shit. And I'll put on that mask and I'll go be the anarchist. But then I'm like, no, but I like my comfortable life. <laughs> True. So I can feel it. I just won't be it. I'm uh, a hypocrite. Francis Conroy. Who's the lady from uh, Six Feet Under? She, she did great. a good job. She was awesome in that. She um, was, yeah, she was. Um, it, she was very specific in her way. She was the was, mother. Yeah, I thought she did a good job because then, as you find out things about her, you're like, oh, that's even. She's even better than I thought she was. Yeah, and uh, who else did I put down? Zazie Beats as Sophie Drummond. She's she the, was uh, all right. I mean, she didn't have to do much. She's a romantic interest. Let's say. Let's say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is directed by Todd Phillips, and when I read off the movies that Todd Phillips has done, you'll be like... He's directed them, or...? These are the movies he's directed, okay? Okay. okay. The Hangover Trilogy. Okay. Due Date. You mean Due Date? Yes. Okay. Old School and Road Trip. Okay, he's this is right in line with all... <laughs> 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 he had it in him. <laughs> To make a different kind of movie, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I do too, because those movies are wacky. They're wacky comedy. You could say there's an element of comedy to this, but it's tragedy and comedy. Sure. And those have drama, human interest, and comedy all mixed together. So he's just tapping into it a different way. But this is something, it's not, not in the wheelhouse of any of those. It's in the wheelhouse. Listen to you. You're very trendy. Wheelhouse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not on trend. Like. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is on trend. 
All right, so um, the the Blu-ray uh, 4K disc has some extras. The making of behind the scenes, look at the creation of the film, working Phoenix alternate takes, costume tests, and more. To be honest, it's not a lot. It's just there are, there are a couple of minutes each, but you do get to see him doing alternate takes. You kind of see the process that working Phoenix was doing. Could be a pain in the ass for other people. I was thinking. Right? Exactly. That's what <clears throat> I thought. I think it's rude to be the But I think they got guy. what I think they got an awesome performance, so Sure, but you know I don't know. Apparently I was just reading, you know, when you saw like the way he was doing different all these different takes mm-hmm. and he was just kind of doing what he wanted, like um apparently he never well I was just reading, he always respected Robert De Niro and would never like mess with him. But all other people were fair game. <laughs> Right, so that doesn't. That's not <laughs> <No>. great. <laughs> uh, you know, because he's like, uh, he's I seen... mean, there's different ways of doing things. You either only care about the end result, right? Um, you only care about the process, or you have a thing where you want to balance the two, or you just do it like everyone's an individual. We're talking about a creative thing, making a movie. Every person can't step on each other's toes because if you're the actor person in the scene and the other actor person who happens to be more famous and he's a star does this big wacky shit where you are folk trying to do it your way. And they're stepping all over that. I don't know if that's reasonable in a workplace because they are just at a job, aren't they? Yeah. True. Then again, if the director and everyone around agrees, all we care about is the end result. And we want to watch this man's process. It's all part of the experience. Then fair enough. All right, so um, but if I was directing a movie and my famous person actor wanted to like, I don't know if I would appreciate that, unless we're just doing some, you know, like, what do you call it? Like, we're all method. Well, as we know, Tarantino doesn't doesn't like get it. down with that. No, because he's like he's a I, control freak. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, at the Golden Globes when Tarantino won for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the writing, you know, writer he won best best written script. He got up. I thought this was really cool. He said, um, I don't actually know who to thank. I wrote this myself. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> you know? Like, Charming. Well, that's what he said. I wrote it. Nobody else wrote it. Nobody went I through it. I directed it. I wrote it. I, I wrote it. it. And I guess I'll thank myself. That was, that was his kind of vibe. Like, who am I supposed to thank? Like, it's, I did it. All the people who made it with you? <laughs> no, the, it, this was the specific award for the script. Right. Because right. he, he sat down and wrote the script. Correct. Nobody else did, right? True. So, yeah, I thought that was a... Some might say arrogant, but I think Quentin's his own. Honest. Yeah. So, um, what are the IMDb reviews? You find one-star reviews to read a few of them in a snotty little voice, because when you love the movie, the one-star reviews, you are making fun of them. And when you don't love the movie, the one-star reviews are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. we agree. <laughs> So these are the... I'll just get this one out of the way for the one-star reviews. Okay. These are not our opinions. These are other people's opinions. So I'll get this one out of the way. Just... Okay. okay. This one is... I've never ever left a review for any title, good or bad. But this is such a piece of garbage that I registered an IMDb account just to vent my opinion. Dang. I want these two hours of my life back. I had to just get that one out of the way. Yeah, because there's always, that, one. there's always one of those. Yep. I want these two hours back. This was too long. Blah, blah, blah. Worst movie I've ever seen. I do have to say, uh, the people who say that, 
they're usually always accurate with how much time they want back. You know, because <laughs> this movie was time. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> they took the time of their life yeah. to go on IMDb and write a thing about how that movie wasted the time of their life. And they did fact check to how long the movie was. Also, if you're watching a movie and you really hate it, I don't advocate this 100%, although I've done it more in my older years than I ever used to. If you're watching it and you're getting no pleasure or no stimulation, you're bored, it's terrible. Here's the thing. You have a choice. You literally have the power to move on with your life right that second. Leave it behind. And no one cares. You don't have to tell everyone how terrible it was. You can just, I mean, that's ironic because we're doing a podcast here to tell people what we think. I don't care if, you know, people respect my opinion or not, but... I just find it a very weird cultural thing we have now where you will suffer through some terrible entertainment and then make the effort to complain about it. What's your objective? To go back in time and undo the fact that that movie exists? Because you can't. You want to get people on side with you and then what, like go burn down the castle of the person who made it? Because you can't. What is the point? What are yeah. you what What are you lacking in your life? That means you have to go trash something for what literally is no reason whatsoever you're not solving a problem you're not doing anything talking of trashing something <laughs> this guy says worst movie ever i went and watched this joker movie and it has to be the worst movie i've ever seen ever. one out of five stars fantastic it has to be the worst movie ever and this guy says lame this movie was boring i kept falling asleep i felt i felt very awkward several times my son and i kept looking at each other like, we sh should we get up and leave? I probably should have. I can't believe some of the reviews that are out there. People have really crappy taste, apparently. Just shows you, don't believe the reviews. If a movie speaks to interest, go see it. I think he means sparks your interest. But he mm. says speaks to interest. Go see it for yourself. The movie, however, I wouldn't recommend. Total bore. In, inside of there, I agree. If you don't, if, you know... If somebody tells you it sucks and you go, oh, okay, I will never watch it then, then you're kind of an idiot because you're letting someone decide for you. So so everyone in the world could hate it. You go watch it. And if you like it, don't be a chicken shit. Don't be like, uh, yeah, everybody, I, I hate it too. But inside you're like, I love that movie. Like, you know, I feel like that's what happens sometimes. People like to jump on a bandwagon. I, I'm not a fan of that. And finally, this guy says, it was so bad, all he did was killing people. Wasn't he supposed to fly and shit? <laughs> <laughs> What's, what, what comic book does that? <laughs> I know I haven't read the comics. Is that in the comics? Is I don't remember him flying, but maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. I like that one, though, because, you know, they watched it. I think they, they just assumed it. it was a superhero movie, right? <laughs> so they were... Like, waiting for the flying bit. Well. It didn't happen, unfortunately. No. All right, so um, in conclusion, I really loved it. I could... I did. I, I could watch it again. I know but you're going to watch I, it again. I also want to mention the cinematography is incredible. <gasps> it's gorgeous, and I love looking at every single scene. And it's not like... It's not like fluffy over stylized. It's like photography, and I'm only learning the basics of photography right now for the last year. But I mean, it isn't like over... There's a couple of um, 
lens flares, but it seemed appropriate, so I was okay with that. Yeah, on the, the steps. T- there and with the pillow. Right. Those seemed right, because all of a sudden, you know, the the glare of who, whatever, you can analyze it however you want, but those were fine. But it looks gorgeous. It does enough balance of the whole, this part is clear and the background is blurry. It's not too much. And then there's other times when like a whole street scene is just exactly how the other night when I was driving and it was raining, I was so intrigued. I got out my camera at a stoplight and took a picture because everything just looked so gorgeous and like glowy and sharp and fantastic. And if you want to see my picture, go on Instagram, Sid Talk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K on Instagram. But that's how some of these shots were too downtown in the city. And it was gorgeous. I just, I was like, oh, I would watch it. Just turn the sound off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like let it play. Yeah. It just had like, um, apparently they use like a, an IMAX camera, a, a big form, a big, it doesn't have any uh, black bars. It like fills your whole TV. Mm-hmm. But um, they were going to do it on film, but then it was too costly. And then they were going to do it on that red camera, but he didn't like how close-ups looked. So he decided to go with like one of those big format cameras. And that's why the close-ups look so sharp. Like you can see all the wrinkles and the... Yeah, I mean, I'm not so much a freak about that. I'm more of the whole scene. You know, one thing I noticed... They're nicely composed as well. Because of how sharp the image was. One thing I noticed was Robert De Niro's makeup under his eyes. <laughs> like he had like mascara on. on the. Uh, I mean, he has a show, a game. A uh, yeah, show, but you could see it. Like I was yeah. like, wow, you can actually see his makeup. So um, thank you to Warner for letting us review the disc. It's out now. You can get it everywhere that movies are sold, wherever that is, right? And no, just because people give us movies doesn't mean we're kissing their ass. Because when I hate it, I hate it like Godzilla. That's true, but we, we, I recommend... <laughs> I will tell you, is Godzilla from the same people? Because I hated that movie. Yeah, it is, actually. Well, there you go. There's a love and a hate relationship with these movies. And if I don't like it, you're going to know. There's not You're not going to be guessing at the end of the podcast. Hmm, I wondered if she liked that movie. Next week, we will be looking at uh, Will Smith in Gemini Man. Is this so- just a remake of I Am Legend? It has nothing to do with I Am Legend. <laughs> You're the second person who said that to me this week. How really? Yeah. Wow. I don't like to be like other people. Another but that person gives me some this week said, comfort. "Is that the sequel to I Am Legend?" <laughs> and I said, "Are you joking?" And he said, "No. It, it looks the the poster looks like it is." And I said, "It has nothing to do with it." Well, aren't you the smarty pants? You know everything. This is Ang Lee. Gemini Ang Lee Man. asked you that question. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. he he should know. Oh, he forgot, I think. He's getting on a bit. Come on, Hank. I mean, uh, there was the Hulk and everything, so we have to, you know. Yeah, true. So, uh, movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of my usual theme. Taking a a movie that Joaquin Phoenix was in, briefly, but he was awesome in it. And it's called 8mm, starring Nicolas okay. Cage. Yeah. He was the, uh, you remember? Mm-hmm. He was the guy. Uh, Creepy guy who gets the yeah, films. Yeah, that guy. Uh, and my other I one think is Robert. Millimeters underrated. I know that it's a little over the top too, but I it's mean, good. it's quite intense. It's got Gandolfini. It was really intense at the time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because it was dealing with the snuff movie. Thing, I didn't. Even, which... That part of it didn't even register with me. It was just sort of a like old, old fashioned almost. And Nicolas Cage is actually very good in it. Better than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and my other one is on the subject of Robert De Niro, and also this movie has de- definitely direct comparisons with this movie, and that's Taxi Driver. Mm. Um, 
Which... A slow descent into madness. Yeah, and... I think Taxi Driver might have been there already. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so uh, Taxi Driver and 8mm. And yours are? Mine are, in my new 2020 thing, is a movie from 100 years ago, which would be 1920, if you don't do the math, or you're watching this in seven and a half years from now, and a movie from 50 years ago, which would be 1970. And the first one is called The Copperhead, starring Lionel Barrymore and Doris Rankin, who eventually got married, but that's beside the point. Um, Lionel Barrymore, if you recognize that last name, is the father to John Drew Barrymore, who is the father to... I'm sorry, Lionel is the father, is the brother to John Barrymore. His son was John Drew Barrymore, and then his daughter was Drew Barrymore. Ah. I just found that out because I was doing a little research. I'm like, ooh, Barrymore. Which I think one I knew he? that from listening to an interview with Drew Barrymore. That her grandfather was the yeah. brother to Lionel Barrymore, who was like the bad guy in um, It's a Wonderful Life and a few other, you know, he's kind of a Scroogey guy. He actually played Scrooge too. But it's like an interesting little story to it that I guess it's set post-Civil War and the guy is like considered a traitor, but he has this secret where he met up with President Lincoln or something. But it sounds kind of interesting. It's from 1920. So, you know, if you're into those old movies, it is on DVD. So you can go find it somewhere. And Little Big Man from 1970 with, do you know who is in that? No, but I've heard of it. It is, oh my God, Dustin Hoffman. And it is uh, a lot of Native American things. Some people might watch it nowadays and be like, oh, that's skirting the inappropriateness right. level of whatever, but it was in 1970. I remember watching it when I was young on like probably late night movie watching, like after midnight, the movie would come on on a Saturday night after Saturday night live. And I watched a lot of movies that I probably wasn't supposed to be watching. For example, like the exorcist. Um, <laughs> it's just like a big epic. I think it's really long as well, or maybe I don't remember that correctly, but the Copperhead from 1920 and Little Big Man from 1970. All right. So um, I have been playing some more Fortnite. I'm still into it. It's yeah. kind of cool. I like the... Uh, they removed all the Star Wars stuff recently, though, because it was just a limited time thing. So I feel like there's something missing now because I got used to the Star Wars stuff. But, um, you know, it's free to play. Why not try it? It's on all consoles. But if people bought stuff... Could you buy Star Wars stuff? Yeah, skins and stuff. What I mean is they added, like, lightsabers and stuff into the game for, like, gameplay. Like, you could actually fight with them. Mm -hmm. But they actually removed that stuff because it was just But you for couldn't a buy that and now you it's could, gone. You could only buy it um, for a visual okay. thing, not for a, like, you can fight with lightsabers. that'd be obnoxious. So I reckon that every year they'll probably bring that back. They'll do a thing where yeah. they try and promote a Star Wars Maybe thing. by next year Star Wars will be no big deal. No, that's not true. <laughs> Uh, and the, that's what I've been playing. Uh, what have you? What are we eating tonight? I'm very hungry. Well, I'm going to check the weather first. They just scraped our road, by the they way. They did scrape the road. Yeah. It's been snowing all afternoon. Before that was raining, and it's freezing. So if you want me to risk my life yeah. for you, yeah. it will be the Impossible Whopper. If you decide my life is more important no. than an Impossible Whopper, <laughs> <laughs> we will have a Morningstar burger no. and then some veg or something. That's no good. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be a veggie burger. Life risk. Because why are we telling you this? Because we're vegetarian and some people think, ew, <laughs> we get a lot of bad reactions. I mean, continuously bad reactions. I do not understand this movement against 
plant-based people. We're not plant-based necessarily. We eat dairy. We eat cheese. That's dairy. Egg. Um, we just don't eat dead animals anymore. And it's nothing. I don't care what you eat. You shouldn't care what I eat. I'm not forcing it on you, but I'm letting people know if you are vegetarian, there are other ones of us. We're not like, um, healthy vegetarians necessarily. We're fairly healthy, but we're going to have an impossible Whopper. So, you know, we're not opposed to the Subway, the Taco Bell, the Impossible Whopper. And uh, the Impossible people announced this week they're doing <laughs> Impossible Pork, which I'm totally interested in as well. Me too. They're making a pork, um, I don't know what it is. It's in Burger King coming up soon. 20th of January, I think. Do you feel like you're having any negative effects from eating a Whopper every year, every week? An Impossible Whopper? <laughs> Didn't you say you get boobs if you're a man? <laughs> no, that's, like, that's what I'm saying. Because I, I said I'm looking forward to that. Noob. <laughs> I mean, Maybe me too, I mean, which says a lot about both of us. I like a nice, um, a nice pair. Yeah, I don't understand this. Like, here's a new thing, and we don't like it, so we're going to insult it constantly. Just move on with your life, Jesus. Just eat your steak. Let me eat the fake meat. Why do you care? It's ridiculous. That's true. <laughs> so, what's your um? My advice, advice is because today I went in the kitchen to bake some rye scones from Jamie Oliver's recipe that we saw on his show a few weeks ago. And I made them last week. I had to substitute a few things because I didn't have them all. And they were fantastic. I mean, I love them. I I love them. So today I had all the ingredients. I'm like, I'm going to make it. And then I made it and they weren't right. And I was like, what the hell? So then I realized I was using, uh, the recipe is in like that foreign stuff, the grams. <laughs> You all use grams. You mean the real and measurements? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of like cups and tablespoons and stuff, it's like grams. And so 500 grams of yogurt, 250 grams of one kind of flour, 250 grams of another. I go, I look up, 500 grams of yogurt is two cups. Okay. So 250 grams of flour is one cup. Now, some of you listening who might be smarter and understand that a gram is about the weight and not about the volume, I'm learning, now I'm learning, that was incorrect. So it wasn't right. Now they turned out okay. I liked the one with the strawberry in it. Yeah, that was a cookie that I've, I've been formulating a new recipe for like a wheat and rye cookie with like dried strawberries, and it is quite good, but this is different. So they're okay, I will eat them, but it's still a failure. They were not, they did not become what I wanted. So to me, I'm not afraid of failure, I don't feel pressured by it. I feel like it's a good thing. It's like very alluring. Like you do a thing, it's wrong. Now, if lives are at stake, I'm not advocating failing. Like, don't be a heart surgeon and go, what's the big deal? I messed up. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this kind of shit. Like, you bake a cookie wrong, you burn the pizza, you marry the wrong guy the first time, whatever. You know what I mean? You move on. <laughs> Failure is, like all the pretentious people say, it's a learning opportunity. I will only know how to make it better now because I made it uh, wrong. And so I feel like failure, as long as no one's getting hurt, is equally important. Not even like a tiny bit less. It is equal, if not more, than doing it correctly. Um, so don't be afraid of failure. Who cares what people think? I don't care what you think of the biscuits I make. I mean, if you enjoy them. Are you talking about me? Yeah, you. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, if you enjoy it, that's great. If you don't want to eat it, I don't care. Like, I want you to say to me, ugh, I don't like it. It's weird. You won't like the biscuit one, I'm pretty sure. But I don't, 
I'm not trying to please anyone usually. I want them to enjoy it, but I want honesty. I like it when people take a bite of a cookie, like at Christmas when I took my family all the cookies I made. (laughs) And sometimes it was like, oh, well, and they're chewing and I can tell they're not liking it or whatever. And I'm like, just tell me, I am not precious about it. In fact, if you tell me it's too dry, that's a good thing. Then I can make it better. If you tell me you just don't like the flavor, then I understand in the future, uh, I would like to make a cookie for you that you do like, but I do not feel bad that you do not like this one. Now, I know there are a lot of people who don't have that point of view. They're very crushed by failures, by people's opinions, by things not being quote unquote perfect. You know, I'm not that person. I'd say embrace the failure. It can be a little bit wasteful, unfortunately. Everything I've made today, though, we'll eat. So that's not going to be... And I haven't actually thrown away much. Even the stuff most people didn't like, I like. (laughs) Right? So I've got it in the freezer and I eat the the different weird cookies and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, failure is a good thing. I mean, don't fail all the time. It'd be nice to have a success and do a thing to where it makes you satisfied that you have accomplished your... What you set out to do in a positive way. If it doesn't work out, then do it again, if you can. All right, so you can catch us on ascully.com. That's the home of this podcast, Twitter and Facebook, Instagram. The podcast now is on Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Jeez, you're getting up there in the world. You can get it from (laughs) all of those places. You can email feedback to me at ascully, ascully.com. I'm not going to go to those places because I'm like, I'm right here. True. So, um, don't, don't email Sid. Like- <laughs> don't email her. You can. You can. And um, stay classy. The Joker. Or just Joker to his friends. It's not really classy. Don't. Uh, all right. Uh, let's say the performance of Mr. Phoenix. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't, someone will do it for you. 